Good morning. Hope that's too loud. You know, Psalms has been one of the books I've been reading, or the whole, um, all of Psalms. Oh, I'm not sure, several years now. And the current plan is I read through all the Psalms in, in one month in that. So when Brian introduced the series, I said, you know what? That's awesome. And, and during that time, um, I was reading through a book called The Strength You Need by Robert Morgan. And Grace got this book for me. And I'm not really a reader in that, but I read through this book once, and I thought, I'm going to read this through again. And one of the chapters he has here is actually on chapter, uh, on um, Psalm 46. So I figured I read it through once, I'll read it through again, and, you know, I should be an expert to be able to preach on it now. Um, but you know what? As I did a little bit of a study on there, it, it, there's a lot of information just in that one chapter with, with 11 verses and so forth in that. Um, so I'm thankful for this opportunity to be able to uh, stand here before you in that, because I haven't done this a lot in terms of speaking, um, in terms of preaching. I've done is hosting where you do three minutes and you're sitting down, then you just kind of sit back and relax. Um, but this is a little different in that. Um, I had been up here before, not in this church, but in the previous, uh, our previous location where I was able to share a couple of different messages. And I remember uh, during one of those messages I shared... Um, that after that particular week, I remember there was a choir up there, and then they had, you know, a debriefing of, listen, what happened during that week? And, and uh, you know, I remember a meeting there, and Crystal was there, and, uh, and she's kind of, you know, fidgety. I said, well, Crystal, what's the matter? She goes, remember that Sunday you spoke? I go, yeah. Well, she said, we had a choir member that just couldn't sing. I said, well, what should you do? You should go up to the person and maybe, you know, ask them, hey, don't sing anymore. She goes, uh, I'm too timid to do that. Uh, I said, Crystal, I'll do that for you. So anyways, so the following Sunday after I spoke, I went up to the individual and said, you know what? One, in, one person came up to me and said that, you know what, uh, you couldn't sing. And the guy goes, really? Huh. He goes, after you spoke, 50 people came to me and said you couldn't preach. So here it goes. Psalm 46. When was it written? I mean, I know that every time we had a speaker here, we kind of give a little bit of background. Psalm 46, scholars differ in terms of who wrote it or when it was written, the period. It is written by the sons of Korah. And when I look, up the, when I look at Korah, I'm thinking, mm, was he the guy that rebelled against Moses? He did. Korah did rebel against Moses, but his sons took a stand for God and stood with Moses. And so, you know, here uh, through that line, we have individuals that stood up for God and chose not to do evil, but chose to do good. And as a result, the sons of Korah were blessed and they became a, a vital part of the of a tribe of Levi where they were in charge of carrying the holy things of God. Um, the sons of Korah wrote actually 12 Psalms. 46 is one of them in that. Uh, it is written during the times of perhaps Hezekiah, and during the time of Hezekiah, the Syrians were marching down throughout the Middle East. They've already conquered Israel, the northern kingdom in that. And King Snekerib, I hope I'm saying that right, Ken, um, he was a leader. And he brought with him over 185 soldiers to annihilate Jerusalem. And... What are you going to do when you have over 185,000 troops outside your city and they come, they come to basically destroy you? Not to capture you, but to actually to destroy you, to annihilate you, tear everything down. Um, however, 
King Hezekiah, you know, he intercedes for his city and a single angel of God comes and destroys 185,000 troops of the enemy. Not a legion of angels, but a single angel. And so the Israelites, the people in Israel, now they want to celebrate. And they, and basically Psalm 46 is that. It's a celebration. It's like a national celebration. So if you got your Bible, you can read with me. Um, or if not, your devices, you can also listen. So Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gave away and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make the glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall and and lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolation he's brought on earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. May God bless his word. So trouble is on the horizon for the people of Israel. And obviously, you know, they need to do something. Um, But do you ever get into trouble? Does trouble ever come knocking on your door and say, Hey, listen, didn't I just text you I'm going to be in your life? Did you not receive my email that I'm coming up, I'm coming today? Carol, on the day of your accident, did trouble come and say, Hey, I'm going to meet you on that curb? Mm -hmm. He only comes at that moment. He doesn't surprise us. He does surprise us. Okay? So troubles do come. But how do we face trouble? You know, how do we face trouble? I remember as a a kid, uh, I heard this little story. There was a bit of a uh, troubled neighborhood in in a certain part of town. And so the police would kind of surveil it a little bit. And so one time the police, he, uh, policeman, he's out there and he sees these two kids. And and before the kids come, uh, the kids are playing a game of hide and seek. And... uh, so anyways, um, one of the kids, he's hiding, and the policeman comes up to the other one. He goes, hey, kid, uh, what are you doing in this neighborhood? And the kid looks at him and says, shut up. And, and the policeman goes, what? He goes, what is your name? Tell me right now. He goes, shut up. And, uh, and, the, and the officer goes, hey, are you looking for trouble? He goes, yeah. Well, the kid's name was shut up, and his friend was trouble. So he's looking for trouble. But you know what? We don't have to look for trouble. Trouble finds us. It always finds us. Okay? That, like I say, it rarely makes an appointment to say, I'm coming. Very rarely. But when trouble does come, and you recognize it, you can prepare yourself for it. And that's what Hezekiah did. Okay? That's what sons of Korah are saying. Okay? That, okay, we took certain steps. And because we took these steps, we were able to overcome our troubles. Okay? Now, 
What is the definition of trouble? It's a state of condition, state or condition of distress, annoyance, or difficulty. And we dig further into that, we look at it's an ailment, it's a complication, it's a condition, it's a disease, it's a disorder, it's a fever, it's an accident, it's illness. Okay? Let's look further. It's fear. It's fretting. It's stewing. It's stress. It's worry. So I might be using the word just trouble, but look at it in a bigger picture. What does it mean? Okay? Is it just that phone call from the doctor saying, you know, uh, I'd like you to come back in and uh, let's see? Or is this the bank saying, you know what? Please come in. We need to look at your finances. Or perhaps it's a child that says, you know what? I'm not speaking to you. Okay? I've gone through that. You know? Where in the last couple of weeks, my world's been rocked by trouble. Two weeks ago, myself, Grace, and another couple, we were going up to, uh, to a retreat center uh, up in Princeton called Rockridge Canyon, run by Young Life. And we were invited up there just to kind of see their work. And as we're just on the other side of Chilliwack, we get a call from my sister in Ontario uh, saying, hey, you know what? Dad's not feeling well here back in Abbotsford. My mom had phoned. And um, we're driving along. What do we do? You know, Grace quickly gets the phone, uh, hands, handles the phone call, says, you know what? Don't worry about it. We're going to phone our kids back home and we're going to get everything organized. He had had a heart attack, probably his fourth or fifth one. He's 94 years old. Um, so anyways, our, our kids went there while we went. But as they're driving, thinking, what should we do? Should we turn around or should we go? But we knew that uh, with our daughter being a nurse, that our, God, our, our dad was in good hands. Um, short of it, in the last two weeks, he's been in and out of the hospital. Okay? Siblings come from the east, from Langley, and say, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll chip in, help out, and so forth in that. And then I get a text from my brother saying... I can't really read the whole words to you, but it's not appropriate. Uh, the language he was using, that he basically saying, you know what? Who are you? What kind of care are you giving dad? You know? And it, 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 was, it was a bad text because our relationship strained in that. But that's the trouble that we have sometimes in our own family where relationships are broken. Okay? And how do we overcome that? Okay? But when trouble comes, we tend to run to something or someone. Okay? It's a form of shelter. Okay? And that is refuge. Our God is our refuge. Usually when you think of refuge, we think of perhaps bomb shelters. You know, we think of subway systems where we can go. Okay? And those are all perfect places for us to go in that. But you know what? There aren't. They will not shelter us when earthquakes come. They will not shelter us perhaps when, you know, there's bombs in your vicinity. That can be, you know, with one little flick. The refuge is a place of security, assurance, presence, trust, and calmness. That's the kind of security that, that we need. 
And God provides that security for the uh, Israelites. Okay? It is telling, Psalm 46 tells us, you know, when trouble comes, there's no ultimate place of safety on earth. There never will be. But God is a refuge like a rock. David writes in Psalm Psalm 18, verse 2. He goes, My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. Psalm 71, verse 3. Be my rock of refuge to which I can always go. A rock is a solid thing. It's something we cling on to sometimes. Okay? And, you know, when I went to Israel uh, twice, um, one of the things that we went into the... Is that me? Um, one of the places that I think that I can step back a little bit, um, I was in Israel and going to the Judean um, uh, area into the wilderness was all these caves. I went to the En Gedi and in those were also a lot of caves. And um, as I... Um, you know, I wonder if... I think the drum wants to join me in. Anyways, um, during that time, I saw all the rocks, I saw all the caves, and that's where David would go when he was being pursued by his enemies, when he was pursued by Saul. So sometimes we have to find our God, who's our rock. So David, for him, that symbolic rock, the symbolic cave was God, that God would provide refuge for him at the right time, at the right time. Psalm 119, 114 says, You are my refuge and my shield. I have put my hope in your word. God is our refuge like a shield. According to Ephesians, we are to put the armor of God on us. Okay? And part of the armor of God is the shield. And the shield is used to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the enemy, of the evil one. But sometimes the evil one uses people. He uses situations to hit us. Okay, And if our shield is not about us, if it's not around us, we will get hit. So what do you do? You have to be prepared. Okay, When the Syrians were coming down through the hills and Hezekiah knew something was up, okay, he had to prepare. He had to be ready. What did he do? He was on his knees. If you read in uh, Second Chronicles, sorry, I'll get my reference here. Sorry, I lost my reference there. Um, Second Chronicles, chapter nineteen. Okay, he gets on his knees and he prays. He saw trouble coming. He gets on his knees. What do we do when trouble comes? I know for myself, and the reason why Grace got that book about that strength, okay, there's times I carry it on my own. There's been times when I just say, I can do it myself. I can take care of this. Only to know, you know what, I can't. I can't. And God is knocking my shoulder, hey, I'm your refuge. I'm your strength. I'm going to help you. I'm going to, no. I'll take care of myself. I'm not prepared. I'm not ready. Perhaps it's because I'm doubting God, because I don't know God in the full text. 
When I say in the full sight, I don't know his full dimension. I don't know him intimately as enough as I should. And so what I did recently, in order to do that, I'm going through the, my devotion with it. Experience the power of God's names. And this morning we were thinking about Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi. These all different names of God, but they all have a certain meaning. And for myself, you know, when God is my fortress, Jehovah is my Lord. Jehovah of the host. The Lord of hosts is my God. So it's not just God, but it's somebody who comes alongside me. Someone who puts his shield around me. Someone says, you know what, here's a rock, hide in it. And I'm thinking, okay, you're thinking, well, what kind of rocks do we have here? What kind of caves do we have here? Right here. The people in our midst. The saints of God are our refuge sometimes. We run to each other. We carry our burdens to each other because you know what? It's commanded. Okay? If you look through the New Testament, it says we're to share our burdens. We're to, we're to come alongside each other and put our hands around each other and say, you know what? I'm here for you. And you know what? There's people in this congregation that have been for me, that have been here for me. Okay? There have been people in the other congregation, my spiritual walk, you know, there's always been there, people always been there to kind of watch over and help me through difficult times. There's a little prayer and it's based on Psalm 91, simple one. Uh, let me, uh, Psalm 91 verse 2, let me read this. This is about God is our refuge like a fortress. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent. And here's the little prayer. We love you, Jehovah Makashi, Most High, our refuge. We hold fast to you. In the presence, no evil shall be allowed to befall us. No plague will come near our homes. You command your angels concerning us to guard us in all, all your ways. Thank you very much. You know, one of our prayers as, uh, you know, as I end the day, sometime when Grace and I are together, we'll pray and we say, Lord, surround us with your warring and guarding angels. I don't see those angels out there. But sometimes I do pray. I say, Lord, if somebody's out there, may they see a police car out there. As I'm walking through the streets, when I've been in uh, you know, different parts of the world, I say, Lord, help when your angels walk alongside me. Now, I can't see the angel. I wonder if some other people see an angel beside me. Will they see a soldier beside me? Will they see a police, policeman beside me? I don't know. But when we are walking in situations we're not sure about, we need to walk in those situations with prayer. We need to walk and asking God of hosts to walk alongside us. So I've given you quickly here a couple of images. There's a rock, there's a shield, there's a fortress. These are all our refuge. And there's also the saints of God, our, 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 our believers. Robert Morgan in, his, in the book I just held up earlier says, these pictures provide a mental ammunition against the fears of life. We never know what want, what, what's going to happen next. We don't know what's going to happen to us, to those we love, to our nation, or to the world. 
But our foes and fears cannot withstand our true biblical faith. No alarm is higher than his power, deeper than his love, or more potent than his promises. What to do in trouble? First, acknowledge who God is. Second, recognize and acknowledge that God is alive and in his saints. Stuart Briscoe, he writes, you reckon that God is very much alive in the fellowship of his people. In the fellowship of his people, there is support. In the fellowship of his people, there is concern and compassion. Not because they are special people. They're not. We're not special. They're just like everybody else. But God is resident in his people. When God is resident in his people, we're filled with the Holy Spirit. And we're filled with the Holy Spirit. Trouble, come on. Come on. Okay? Yeah, you may knock me down, but I'm going to get back up. Okay? Reminds me of a picture uh, I, I, uh, in one of the illustrations I was reading. There's an old man, a grandfather. His house is just burnt down. All you see is a chimney. And beside him is his grandson holding on to the tather burned clothes of his grandfather. And the boy is crying. And the boy is crying. And the father says, the grandfather said, hush, little child. God ain't dead. The boy was looking at the burnt out house. The grandfather saying, you know what? It's just a shelter. It's gone. But God is with me. He'll help me rebuild. He'll take care of me. Okay? It's a reminder to us. Hush, child. God ain't dead. So God is our refuge, like a fortress. Okay? God is also a river. In verse 4, it says, There's a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. Jerusalem has a river. I've been there. It doesn't. But name me some cities. I'm going to name a city to you. Name me a river. Cairo. No. London. Paris. Calcutta. Ganges. Washington, D.C. My friend, Donald will say, well done. But Jerusalem does not have a river. So what were the sons of Korah on when they were writing this? I mean, what kind of Kool-Aid were they drinking? Saying, you know, there's a river flowing through this city. I'm thinking, man, I mean, they were drinking grape juice that was over-fermentated. And then they say, hey, you know what? There's a river flowing through this city, you know? Um, there is. There, there, there is a river flowing through Jerusalem. And it's not a river that has wide banks and so forth in that. Now, now scholars think that this river here, it could be referring to the new Jerusalem, the holy city of heaven. Okay? But it's also a river that was built, a tunnel that was built in order to save the people of Israel. Okay? It was a tunnel that was built in secret. So as the Syrians are coming, Hezekiah gets together. He doesn't say, hey, listen, I need a proposal. Uh, we're going to put it out to the nations who can come. No, because if he did that, then the Syrians would know, hey, listen, they have a source of water. 
Okay? And as you know, during warfare, if you can cut off the supplies from your enemy, you get them. And you cut off water, you know what? You really got them. So they had to build this tunnel in secret. I've been in that tunnel. It is just over 1,700 feet long. I don't know how they did it. I'm not an engineer, but somehow they got water from down below into the city. And because of that, they were able to survive. Now, in that tunnel I've been in, the, the widest part might be up to here. And there are sometimes you have to go and just kind of go shoulder as you go through that tunnel. Okay? But it just speaks to the ingenuity of God's people that when, when trouble is coming, He will give you wisdom. He will give you guidance. Okay? If you ask. And this, so they prepared for trouble. They knew it was going to come because they were wise people and they built this tunnel in secret. What's the spiritual lesson for us? What are you doing in your secret place? Do you have a secret place? Okay. A Philip Harrelson, he writes this, about this. Spiritual wisdom should tell us, all the saints of God, that there will be sometimes in the future that we need to be prepared for. Times that we will not have any ability to get prepared for. That is why it's important to prepare now. Okay? It's always important for us to prepare before trouble comes. That is what makes the daily discipline so crucial. Times we spend in secret prayer, secret worship, secret devotion, secret meditation, and secret Bible reading. Those moments when we are alone with God are root are rooting the river into the middle of our soul. Are we spending time with God? Are we spending time in fellowship? Are we spending time just to, hey, who is God? You know, who is God? Um, you know what? If, if I were to hold up this box to you, what would you see? Mm-hmm. What do you see? But what you don't see is what on this side. What you don't see is this side. What you don't see is this side. So sometimes with God, we only see Him as God of salvation. We got our foot in heaven, and that's all I need. I don't need anything else. But God is also God of forgiveness. God is also God of provision. God is also God of protection. God has also got a banner over us as we're singing, Jehovah Nisi. Jehovah Rofi, and I might be saying that wrong, God our healer. Get to know God. And when we learn these in our secret times, you know what? We are a little stronger. We're able to pick up that shield and say, you know what? The, the archer can do whatever he wants because I got the shield in front of me. 
Let me end with this. Verse 10 says, Be still and know I am God. I'll be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. Throughout this um, psalm, God isn't speaking till then. First, it's just Korah's son that's writing it, and all of a sudden God breaks in and goes, Be still, know I am God. Be still, know I am God. Calm down. Relax. Chill out. Our contemporary language. That's what we would say. Don't worry about it. God's saying, I've got this. I've got this. Hand it over to me. Hand yourself over to me. I will prepare you for the day of battle. I will prepare you for when the trouble does come. Because you know what? We can all attest. Trouble always comes. It's not going to knock at your door. Okay? In, in face of like earth-shaking circumstances, we will not fear because God oversees everything. It's a perspective. What's your perspective of God? What is your view of God? Is God this big to you? Or is he the all-encompassing Elohim, the creator, the powerful God who created everything? Is he Adonaiah? Is he your master? Elion, master of all. We need to get to know God so when we say God is our refuge, we know exactly what we are saying. We know exactly what we are believing. When God finally speaks, he says, Enough! If you know me as your refuge, your river of life, and as your ruler, then let me be God. I've got this. I've got this. Let's pray. Father God, just as you uh, came and helped the Israelites, Lord, how you rescued them, Lord, with one angel. Lord, you have angels around us. Lord, you are our fortress. You are our refuge. You are our strength, O Lord God. We place our trust in you, Lord. Not in ourselves. And forgive us when we do. Forgive us when we become self-reliant on our own selves. Lord, when the ego says, hey, you got it. God, you're saying, no, I've got this. I've got this. Lord, that's what we desire, Lord. That we will step back and let you. That we will step back and let you be who you are. And let you be the most powerful God in our life. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.